art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Hey, everybody. Podcast Rob here. James Hatton. Where or is it? are we? Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Stepped on your bit. No. I was just thinking it as you were saying it. I'm like, oh, maybe we're not. Because we could be members of the Cree. Because we are here to talk about... In the beginning... <laughs> Note to self, start that drop sooner. Um, yeah. Secret secret invasion. Yes. Uh, we are here to talk about the latest Marvel TV show on Disney+. Plus. Thingy. Uh, now, um, you said you have just... Like, literally before we started hitting record, you said that you had finished the first episode. So am I to assume yes. that you were, were you rewatching it? Did you watch the whole series? I have not watched the whole series. I'm coming at, I'm coming at this as full on uh, the beginning-y as beginning it can be. Um, have not done the whole thing yet. I, I know one or two of the plot points. Okay. But um, I only am aware of Dragon Girl... Colby Smulders, Samuel Jackson, Bilbo. Yes. In all of their Marvel attire. Um, but I also, from the get-go, I, I kind of, when I saw the trailer for this, and am excited because I enjoy Secret Invasion as a Marvel concept. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, it didn't, it felt very Falcon and Captain America in so much as I was interested, but I'm not jumping and chomping at the bit like I was for something like WandaVision, where it, for as much as I don't like Wanda, I, I loved the idea. Right. Um, this felt, from the trailer, like it was going to be a very secret spy, espionage, pew-pew sort of show, and from the first episode, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's like Disney does the Americans. Yeah, it's like, the concept was good. Uh, for reference, we are talking about the pilot episode called Resurrection. Yes. Um, the pilot was, the concept was good. Um, I think the assumption of what the show was going to be about and the, uh, like what, what fans had kind of created in their own headcanon mm -hmm. from the end of, what was it? The end of Captain Marvel? Sure. When uh when they go into the the movie theater and we realize that some of those people there are scrolls mm -hmm. um and we're like, "Oh, okay, so this is leading into Secret Invasion." I think the the preconceived headcanon was not this. And yeah. It definitely feels more Winter Soldier, more uh Falcon and Winter Soldier in in the the more espionage e mm -hmm. than action e which i think was the right tone to take for the topic agreed but i don't necessarily know if this was necessary yeah i and correct me if i'm wrong because i you know me i don't 
deep dive into to the nerd theories much anymore. Um, I have to assume that once the reveal was that there are scrolls on Earth through Captain Marvel, then moving, we know Secret Invasion was coming from Disney Phase 65, um, was the assumption that, much like in the comics, we would find out that uh, something long held was completely wrong. Like in the initial comics, you find out uh, Hawkeye's been held by the scrolls and Mockingbird's been a scroll. I might have that backwards. It might have been the other way around. Um, we learn that a long-standing member of the Marvel universe has been a scroll this whole time. Um, is was there a lot of nerdery about that? Like, well, oh my God, we're gonna find out that Pepper Potts. Gwyneth Petrow has been a been a scroll since Iron Man two, and we're gonna get flashbacks, and we're gonna see the world through different eyes because of this. Like, did people think that we were getting some sort of long form plot that results in this story? I didn't like. I didn't do a whole lot of social media deep dive on okay. what the pulse of social media and fans were on this. Right, because that's what um, I would have assumed as a nerd overestimating what. A bunch of writers would do. I, I will say that you know, as we touch on this this pilot episode, um, are you going to continue watching the series? Oh, one hundred percent, one one thousand percent. I will eventually. I mean, I I will absorb all things Marvel eventually. Um, okay, so little spoilers are fine, but not big ones. Okay, so then yeah, that's 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 what I needed to hear because I have watched all of it, mm-hmm. um, and. That really changes. I mean, spoil what I it. It's fine. Say it's... about the show. The fact is, um, is that I could have. I, I was not well expecting that. You are correct in what your assumptions yeah. would have been. Okay, so something the, like that does happen. But the way it was presented, and the way, so like when you first find out, you're kind of like, oh shit. Gotcha. And you start trying to do mental math. But then when the second part of that reveal happens, you kind of go, fuck, really? Yeah. (sighs) That's so archetypical of Disney these days. Think about the end of Mandalorian when you see Boba sitting on the throne and everybody's like, (gasps) it's happening. And then, they, from what I understand, having not watched the Boba Fett series, uh, the world went, it happened. <laughs> I feel so archetypical Disney at this point. It was, yeah, it was really like... It was, it was frustrating. Because it's not a matter of trying to go back and look at, at certain things through different eyes. Mm-hmm. It's... I think you start questioning, have I looked at this entire series, like, not from where did it go from a set of eyes A to set of to set of eyes B, but has it just been set of eyes B the entire fucking time? Gotcha. And we never saw a set of eyes A, and now this is like a cheap way to kind of reboot the character's personality kind of thing. It's very... It was very weird. Um, I'm going to throw a guess out there. Just to... I'm not not going to say either way, because... Fair enough. Uh, Based on the first episode, 
I'm going to guess that we are talking about uh, Maria Hill, Kobe Smulders. Just from the general of how I see these shows sort of formula. Um, and that leads us very nicely into the episode itself. Yes, you can go ahead and guess that. I will not say either way. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, and my thought process is is because she is a, a named actress. She has her, her status in the universe of, of acting has risen a bit since she started as Maria Hill. She is the perfect character we can get a relaunch on and not feel like we've missed something as well as we can get a new actress even if they wanted to uh, for future Marvel phases. But that's all sort of outside the box looking in speculation. But let's get to Resurrection. So what I will say from the very beginning about this kind of concept. So I never read like the Secret Invasion stuff in the comics yes. when I used to collect. Mm -hmm. um, but what I will say, it became very, very evident to me personally very early on as we were seeing this. Because we're seeing current time and future time and, and or I should say current time and flashbacks and current time and flashbacks. Yeah. Um, I find it very difficult for me to give two shits about a character when I don't know if that character is that character. Interesting. Like, because once I, it started to come true that like, oh, wow, no, that person's really a scroll. Oh, fuck. That one is, too. Well, that means Nick Fury could be a scroll. I mean, Maria Hook, that means this person. I mean, so why the fuck do I give a shit about what any of them do? Because <laughs> if they're just going to come back and go, aha, fooled you, it's not really right. Nick Fury. I'm going to go, well, that's okay, because I didn't fucking give a shit about what he was doing anyway, because I figured you were going to do that. Like, it yeah, really makes it hard for me to invest in the character's actions when you know that a swerve is coming. It's mm -hmm. almost like watching any M. Night Shyamalan film after The Sixth Sense, you're less, for me, it was less really paying attention to the story as to trying to figure out when the other shoe was going to drop. Yes, So if that you know coming accurate. in, these people are shapeshifters and they can make themselves look like anybody, you're really kind of like guarded and not overly invested in any character's arc because you don't know if they're going to be the one that goes, ha ha, fooled you. Yeah, it, I see what you're saying. It waters down any emotional beat you may have had with an exciting action sequence that features somebody getting a piece of rebar stuck through their skull. You exactly. go, oh my God, that was horrible. But they'll be back next episode. Why do I give a damn? I mean, being comic book fans we kind of expect that and have it ingrained in us anyway. Yep. But this is like a different level of that. Now, to the same, there is a, a good writer could take that expectation and totally flip it on its head. All it would take is for, you know, Nick Fury, get that big piece of rebar stuck through his face, and we're like, whatever, we'll find out that the real Nick Fury was. And the next episode, Nick Fury's funeral... And the, the Nick Fury shows up and we see that the one at the funeral is the scroll and he goes, nope, that's the guy. Way to fuck up. I'm like, ah, now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> but they, I'm sure they don't do that. I mean. And maybe they do. It's fine. Do they? Do they? Are we? Are we going to do just the whole. Is it? Mm. Can we? Coke. Oh, Pepsi. All right. We start off with Martin Freeman, who, might I address, has an amazing American accent. I mean... If I, 
if I didn't know he was Bilbo, I would be like, holy shit, that's Bob America. I mean, he's an actor, dude. It's what they do. But sometimes there's something. I mean, sometimes you find out a British actor is American or I'm sorry, an American actor is British and you go, fuck, yeah, he's he can act his ass off. But well, yeah, but that's the other way around here. You know that that he's British because we've seen Sherlock. So we know that that's not Everett Ross's real voice. We know that's Mm -hmm. not uh, Dr. Strange's real voice. We know they're very British. It's it's a different story when you first see them as English, like what happened. That's what it is. With Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and like two years oh, later, that. I watched an interview with Bob Hoskins, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I was Mario, mate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I, oh, think it's, it's me. Like, I'm House. <laughs> <laughs> what? With Bendy Black Cumberbund, uh, it's that when I hear him, I I don't think his American accent is exceptionally good. But, like, Martin Freeman, I don't think I've ever heard him even try an American accent. So him coming on going, why, yes, I am Bob America. I go, all right, motherfucker, you got me. Good, good job. Okay. But, yes, it is very house. You're correct. <laughs> what to say, you governor? Hey, well, it's exactly. Like, it's is. not like when they <laughs> normally talk, they're that ridiculously <laughs> cockney. All of them are. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even the queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. When they're, they're one broom away from chimney sweeping <laughs> Mary Poppins' house. I did want to address the one problem I had with this. Uh, we'll call it episode. We'll call it series. I'm, I'm sure it's episode. Is that it didn't do me well that I remember absolutely nothing from Captain Marvel. Um, and this is something that I know longtime people who don't only dip their toe into Marvel stuff have a problem with, is that any one of these characters, I was like, am I supposed to know who that is? Like, I knew Martin Freeman was supposed to be important. He's appeared in a couple things. I couldn't remember who he was. Um, but then every one of those scrolls, I was like, was that the important scroll? Was that this? Is that a is that a leader scroll? Am I supposed to know that actor? I don't know. Uh, and like that, that held me up a smidge because I couldn't recall whether any of these people were important from Captain Marvel and it didn't do a good job at rewinding and letting me know. I, I will say I didn't remember specific actors from if they were in uh, Captain Marvel or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, like specific characters didn't really matter to me because it was oh they're scrolls okay yeah, that's kind much. of all I needed to know once once we Evil know that they're scrolls the scrolls are here um, the overarching story is that the scrolls have been here and Fury knows about them and their homeworld was destroyed so him and Captain Marvel were working to try to find the scrolls a new home planet. Her uh, apparently doing it out in the cosmos. Hit, uh, Fury trying to make their life here more palatable until they could find them a new home. Makes them all these promises. A uh, certain faction of scrolls feel he hasn't been keeping his promise, so screw looking for a new planet. We're just going to take this one. Which is fair. I mean, now... I'm sure we'll get into it, uh, but it seems that part of the reason why Fury failed is because he was starting up uh, Saber or Spectre, Saber, Saber. uh, in space. And we've also seen that, like, from various clips that he's sitting on a beach somewhere. Um, 
and Captain Marvel has been out into the cosmos. I'm sure we'll learn more about that as Marvel's comes around. So the blip happened and there is one emotional moment in this episode where you get to see that kind of Samuel, there's a scene where Sam walks in and he's talking to Maria Hill and he's like, I'm back. I'm ready to work. Put me to put me to task. And she looks and they're in this bar in the middle of Russia and they're playing chess. And she goes, I thought we were only supposed to tell the truth when we play chess. And she goes in and she lays out and she lays him out verbally about like, look, you disappeared on us. We've been holding down the front. We're fighting this fight. You're you're probably not ready to come back. You're probably not ready to ever come back. You probably should not come back. Um, And we get the sequence of him dealing with at least a little bit of PTSD of the blip. Where we see him flitter away on the on the wind, um, and if there was one moment in the whole episode that sort of stuck with me, it was that one. That like Nick Fury is a little broken. He's still Nick Fury. He's still a bad mother. Shut your mouth. But he's a he's a little Iron Man too, if you will. He's 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 got some of that PTSD from the blip, which makes sense given the world. See, I I didn't get that sense. Really? I, I okay. didn't get the sense that he was feeling that kind of PTSD um or at least not letting any latent or buried PTSD affect him overly. Mm-hmm. I very much more got the <clears throat> sense that the show was very much trying to beat into you through everybody else's opinion that Nick Fury has blip PTSD that he's too old, he's washed up, he's past his prime. Like everybody else had that opinion of Nick. So it felt like they were really trying to lean into that to make you feel that. Like we're gonna hmm. force this feeling upon you, whether you <laughs> like it or not. Um but he's I don't two weeks I away from retirement. I didn't necessarily well, and I don't, I, I would presume, because it is Samuel Jackson, and this is going to be an action espionage show, um, I would presume when we get to the action, there's at no point do we see him take a spot and, like, shiver and go, oh no, I can't, you know, because he is Nick fucking Fury. Um, this was based solely on, after they have that conversation, they show you the flashback of the blip, and he's sort of sitting in a dilapidated apartment in Moscow, and just sort of staring at the, staring at the sky. Um, so that was my lead in to believe that they were also telling me that he feels that way too, but it's a fair point. It is definitely a fair point that they just wanted you to sort of assume it. So then he could be a bad mother. Shut your mouth. So, uh, talking about the, the, like the dilapidated apartment and kind of like almost living like a homeless guy. Um, I took that more that, well, he hasn't been on planet. He's, he's been up in his ship or whatever it is working on saber doing whatever that's gonna do and now that he's here he's he's back into the old nick mindset like i'm not running shield excuse me i'm not running shield anymore i'm not the director of that i don't have any contacts you know the our contacts with the government are kind of fucked up the the scrolls half of them don't trust me the other half do uh, so it's kind of that gritty, you know, I'm going to sleep in a cardboard box under this burnt out van, uh, because I need to today. And then tomorrow is another day. Like I didn't, I didn't get that sense that it was, 
I didn't fair. get the I didn't get the sense that you did. I got a I got a very different take from his acting and motivations. Um, and the other side of the plot is that of oh, and I have to remember scroll names. Um, the Gav Gravik and Gaia. Um, one of whom well, I believe was in Captain Marvel. The other one is uh, Amelia Clark. And they are the ones, well, she is working on the plot to have the Skrulls cause a war between the Americans and the Russians so the Skrulls can swoop in and take over. That's the assumption at the, this point in the series. Um, their plot I gave Nary a damn about. <laughs> There's a, an emotional beat between them where uh, Gravik, who works, assumedly, for the side of good, we'll call it, uh, at least Nick Fury's side, and he's trying to convince his sister, Gaia, or daughter, daughter, to, you know, join the side of the angels, stop this, stop being a terrorist, work with us. Um, she seems to, although we get to the final sequence where, question mark, uh, but there's a whole bit about them talking about her mother and they're talking about, you know, they can't do what they're doing and the scrolls, you know, are guests here. It kind of, and it just, so just to clarify just, real quick, you're kind of confusing some characters. I think. Oh, good. Uh, Gaia is Talos's daughter. Maybe I'm in Talos. Yes. I'm Talos in Talos. Meant, not uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, yes. Gravik is the leader of the group of rebel skulls played by Kingsley Benadir. I apologize. I was, I, I the whole, everything I it's, said, it's confusing uh, enough Talos. because of people looking like scrolls and looking like humans and looking like scrolls and looking like anybody. So yep. confusing the names of their relationships for people who are trying to follow along listening. I just don't want it to be even a bigger. I agree. And their names like are that. all fucking weird letter combinations. The only thing worse it could be is if they were fucking Klingons and their names are where you can't even yeah, spell they, it. They took a they took a you know they found a boggle game at a uh, fucking garage sale and just shook the letters up and then rolled them out and said, "Oh, this but guy yes, his name was be- Talos." Yeah, Talos so. is uh, the one helping Nick Fury try to find a new planet. He was seen yes. in Captain Marvel. Yes, and every like I said, everything I just said uh, it replaced the word Gravik with Talos, and it all makes sense. Um, which I and I think really this show all just leads up to that big end sequence, which was weird. Weirder if I didn't know a little bit about Russian, um, not mythology, but we'll call it folklore, because Nixies, they're they're right, so there's going to be some dirty bombs. They're going to be dropped at a unity festival in the middle of uh, this big fair in the middle of big Russian vestibule. I'm sure it's a famous spot. And so there's clowns running around and girls and kids and dancers in these weird sort of Dutch girl outfits, which if you go look online, this is uh, like a traditional Russian folk outfit, Um, but they don't at all. There's only one or two of them. So they feel very out of place which they use to great effect. Um, but these dirty bombs are going to be dropped. Amelia Clark, Gaia, has revealed that there's going to be the handoff here. 
She wears backpacks uh, that they can see with infrared spec. So we get to follow them because they're backpacks with big X's on them. Um, and we get to this big culmination where Talos, Samuel Jackson, and Maria Hill are all chasing down who they think has these backpacks so they could stop the bombs from blowing up. Take it away from there because it gets it gets confusing and you remember shit better than me. Um, the one thing that I did read after this episode came out was that uh, this was the lowest watched premiere of a Marvel TV show. Not surprising. So, yeah, I don't think a lot of people kind of jammed on it. Um, well, I we'll discuss that at the end because I have a point I want to make sort of about Marvel as a whole, which I think fits in fits in the reception. <laughs> well, go ahead. Um, your... Oh, okay, fair enough. I think the problem is like every I remember five years ago, pre uh, actual hour blip, that every movie that came out is this the end of super comic movies? Is this the nail in the coffin? Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Who's gonna want to watch that? Avengers two. You know, every single movie there was doom saying about comic movies. They've been right. waiting for it. Um, the pandemic has not helped, and as you and I have discussed, the loss of Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., and no viable replacement other than Tom Holland and Bendy Bund who are great, but they aren't fucking Robert Downey Jr. And they haven't become Chris Evans. Um, the pushback on Scarlett Johansson and, and Black Widow movie and the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, like there's just not something to push for to be excited for the way we were excited for something that's never happened before and all of these characters coming to life and merging them into one movie. We've never seen anything in the world like that. And guess what? Now we have. And I don't think they've done a great job. And I'm, the pandemic has a lot to do with it at bringing us to a spot where we give a damn the same way we gave a damn about Avengers. And maybe that's the right call. Maybe this is very plotted where they're, they're happy with their lull and they're going to keep bubbling away. So people come back and watch secret invasion later. And when they announce that, I don't know, fucking Brad Pitt's going to be Wolverine or whatever. People all had their minute to catch their breath and they'll be ready for what's coming next and we can get excited again. I believe Disney is smart enough to do that to us. Um, now, whether that's the case or not, I don't know. They also fucked up Star Wars really badly. So, blah. I don't think it's a matter of is Disney smart enough to do this? I, hmm, think, it's, I think it's smart storytelling. Like... You can't keep making the next thing bigger than the previous thing. And while they were kind of able to do that for the most part through the Thanos saga, mm -hmm. it's a roller coaster ride. You need to you need to hit a dip and kind of take that breather, take a step back, go, holy shit, that was fucking crazy. And then slowly work your way up to the next thing. Um, is Secret Invasion that? I, I don't know. 
Um, I definitely uh, think it's an experiment. Well, according to Marvel, uh, so one of the confusing things that I will say, not necessarily confusing, but this takes place in current time. Yes. Not our current time. MCU current time. Because MCU current time is like three years ahead of us. Because the blip... When the, when the blip was done, it was 2025. So this takes place in November of 2025. So they say it's current time, but it's Marvel is, is now currently a little bit ahead of us mm-hmm. than, than our current time. Um, that being said, uh, they say this is supposed to help lead into Armor Wars. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't even know Armor Wars was coming. Yeah. Now, whether or not that ends up being a Disney Plus show or whether it ends up being a movie, uh, uh, I don't know. Ah, yeah. Because there's also still, I mean, we we are aware that Fantastic Four is somewhere on the horizon. And... I think everybody is under the assumption that X-Men is somewhere on the further horizon. Um, so if this is their stopgap, do some, you know, slower burn shows, Secret Invasion, Falcon and etc. Um, I think the Marvels is going to be exceptionally fun. I hope that that is a another relaunch point because I've loved I loved Ms. Marvel, the Disney show. Um, good. I. I have no idea what to expect from Armor Wars other than I have none doubt that they are leading us towards either a Young Avengers or a new Iron Man um, character. Well, I mean, we have the new Iron Man character. Do we? Yeah. From uh, Wakanda Forever. Ironheart. Oh, I I haven't seen Wakanda Forever. God damn it. Okay, well, Ironheart's already out there. Oh, good. Um... Yeah, like I don't. I liked seeing Kobe Smulders back. I will. I will always watch Nick Fury. Uh, I will always watch Sam Jackson play Nick Fury. Yes. Um, it's just I don't necessarily know that this movie was like one hundred percent, or not movie. This TV show was one hundred percent necessary. Um, in the Marvel timeline, this takes place after Quantum Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess after is a weird word too, since most of Quantumania didn't even take place like in the real world. Right, um, but it's important for the I guess timeline of Kang. If we're moving towards that as our sure. big next bad, yeah. Um, but we didn't just to address the rest of it. The bombs go off, and uh, a called a scroll who has the bomb we preserve. No, actually the wouldn't have been uh nick fury's chasing after one of the scrolls with the better sequence of it's this girl in this little weird pinafore dress uh carrying a big ball walks behind a hot dog stand it's an old guy walks behind a group of people it's this you know it's a woman turns around it's a black guy like they there was a very cool sequence of of what i expected from this show more which is you know scrolls could be anyone and then the next sequence we see is nick fury running up on maria hill and shooting her in the gut only for us very obviously to see and understand that it is not 
the real Nick Fury. Right. So Maria Hill dead or scroll, one of those. Um, and that's where we lead off where scrolls are the cold war <clears throat> allegory. It's very thin. It's a very, very thin metaphor when you're doing it in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call them blushins with the blah party. <laughs> I mean, <They're> t- <laughs> I kind of got why they did it the way they did it. I mean, yes. from the scrolls point of view, um, they know there's there's a million of them apparently, on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And they know that they can't take over the planet, so they need to let the humans keep doing what the humans do really well, which is basically obliterating each other. So their whole concept is, we're going to make U.S. and Russia, you know, eliminate each other, and then we'll just kind of move it. And scrolls as an allegory for spies is perfect. Sure. Um if you've never seen the Americans, it's it's wonderful in so much as it's these very like archetypical cookie cutter uh, PTA meeting Americans who are actually Russian agents um, living in mid eighties Midwestern bullshit America. You know the scrolls are perfect for that kind of story. Um, I think I would have preferred to get something that was a little more civil, boring, cookie-cutter America and learn that there are scrolls and, like, learn that that your neighbor's a scroll than what we were launched into, which is, I don't know, any Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> well, and the, the other uh, kind of parallel that I'll make is, I don't know if you ever saw Homeland? I have not. Uh, first couple seasons of Homeland was absolutely amazing. Um, let me just pull up some deets on that real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically you've got a, uh, Damian Lewis plays a soldier who was captured, uh, overseas in Iraq. And now he gets released. Um, so... He's been missing in action since 2003. This show takes place in 2011, so seven years. Okay. Um, he gets rescued from this terrorist compound, but now the question is, has he flipped? Gotcha. Because right. now they know that there's a mole in the States, but is it Brody? Is it somebody who was part of Brody's group who didn't get captured, who's still here kind of thing? So, And the way they play it, it's very like everything these characters do could be yes, could be no, could be maybe, could be neutral. Like, depending on kind of how you're holding the 20-sided die and what facet you're looking through. That right. could have been very cool for this kind of a show, too, where, hey, we know there's scrolls about, but, like, we might not see our first scroll for the first three or four episodes, but now we don't know. Like, it becomes more of a who's who kind of thing. Yeah, like a whodunit-ish. It's, sort yeah, of it's, it's more you. subtle than when you're blatantly showing us a scroll turning into somebody else as they walk behind a hot dog stand, and now you're like, yep. mm, okay, some of the mystery is now gone because we blatantly know it's one of these four people as opposed to, is it any of them? Is it 
Is it the big mystery? Is it, you know, is it a red herring? Is it... Am I a scroll? Exactly. <laughs> Start checking yourself in the mirror. It's Armin um, Tarzarian. Simpsons joke. Ignore it. So the one thing, uh, the one thing as, as we kind of close in to wrap this up that I yes, did please. say is a lot of the reviews were, it starts off really slow, but it kind of picks up and gets better towards the end. Better being relative to the first couple episodes. The funny thing is, is that when you look on something like IMDb, uh, episode one, 7.1, episode two, 7.2, three goes to 6.9, four goes to 7.4, five goes to 6.9, six goes to 5.5. Hmm. Um, it follows the course of all of these other Disney Plus shows, which I absolutely am starting to hate, is that well, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to give you four episodes. We're going to give you six episodes. Like, it's it never seems to be the right number. <laughs> like, if you do 13, yeah. they don't have enough story for 13. It could have been done right. in 10. But if they do it in six, like, you really could have done this in, like, 11. and But you shortchanged it and just crammed everything and just made people go, oh, okay. And nod and smile halfway through some shit because yeah, you didn't give it enough time to go through it more. It's such a weird mentality. And I do wonder maybe if some of that's because of the actors involved. Like I think, for example, WandaVision has, is the perfect, it comes in, it stays, it's welcome and it goes, it's got the perfect amount of story. It's got three acts. It's in and it's done. Um, I wonder if there is an aspect of this where like, yes, this story should have been told maybe over 15 episodes. But do you know how much fucking Sam Jackson costs? So you're going to have to deal with the whatever they give us eight. Um, But I agree with you. I think it is a problem where a lot of these shows have and we've discussed it. Two episodes in the middle. Why? Why? Why are we focusing on these two people who are looking for treasure on the island? Stop it. (laughs) What I will say, uh, if you are kind of on the fence about continuing the rest of the series, uh, watch it, if only to see Olivia Coleman, um, who basically plays like the head of British secret intelligence. Oh, is she the, 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 we, she kidnaps Sam Jay in the first like 10 minutes or so. She is an absolute fucking treasure in this show. Yes, okay. She was very good in the f- few minutes you see her, where she's making fun of her brilliant. She's making fun of her guards. Oh, they were brilliant, were they? Hmm. Yes, and very, again, very kind of like, she's got the big wide eyes and the big smile and just the absolute cutting, dry British humor. Like, yes. that carries on through the entire series. So, if nothing else, watch it for that. I'm going to watch it no matter what. If Eventually, I will have caught up with everything Marvel. Eventually. It's... But what about you folks out there? Did you watch Secret Invasion when it was live? Have you only decided to watch it or not watch it because of our discussion on it? Are you a Skrull and you're looking to reach out to a friend? Where, Rob, can they call us? You can head over to somethingcast.com. It is the repository of all things something. Uh, you can find all of our links to our buttons and widgets and doodads. Our updated links are there. Uh, 
Yeah, head over to somethingcast.com. Let us know what your thoughts are on any one of our various social media platforms. Yes, and as we slowly but surely fade away from Twitter, as Twitter slowly but surely fades away from itself, uh, please keep an eye out and keep a listen and always look at the top of the website for the places where we're hanging out. Right now, uh, we're looking into Blue Sky, and that seems to be doing well, but I know it's sort of a limited... Not a lot of people are there yet. Um, if you have a place you want the something, send us invites. We'll we'll show up. Yeah, or if there's a, a or if there's a pod catcher platform oh, yeah, that you want to hear us on, hit us on our socials. Let us know. Hit us on our email. Hit us on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Blue Sky, our Threads, our Instagram. God, our Gab. We don't have one of those. Our X's. <laughs> I never say that. Yeah, no. That, that <laughs> something yeah. cast on Truth Social. That's not no. happening. Will never happen. It'll be on GitHub first. Anyway, let's <laughs> not. We programmed the something cast. We thank you all for joining us. I'm James Hatton, not a scroll. Um, podcast Rob. Maybe. See you guys next time. Later. Something, something, something. Okay, here we go.